You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, please visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now, let's listen in. Wow. God good. Don't you just love worshiping the Lord? That's where you say amen. Don't you just love worshiping the Lord? I, I, all right, y'all don't get too excited. Um, let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just, uh, Lord, we stand in awe of who you are. And, uh, thank you, Lord, for your, uh, your mercy and grace and love and compassion and your faithfulness. Father, thank you that you've called us, Lord, out of darkness and into your light. And thanks for a time tonight to be able to worship and honor and, and rejoice in you and to be able to hear your word. And so, Holy Spirit, we just, we invite your presence. We ask you to come and to uh, just speak your word into our hearts, Lord, to change us. Father, we don't, we don't want to just be hearers, Lord. We want to be doers of, of what your word says. So we, we open our hearts to receive uh, from you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, first, like uh, Barton just said, I want to welcome, uh, we have some of the guys from Awaken, some of the leadership team uh, tonight. We actually had a little uh, dinner ahead of time, and um, so we want to welcome these guys. These are the guys that are uh, responsible. When I say guys, I'm, I'm generically guys and girls, so don't feel, don't feel not included, uh, ladies, but um, we, uh, they're, they're the ones that... Uh, this is their place, and uh, they let us use their place. So, amen. You gotta give them a give them a big hand, and uh, they're uh, they have been a, an incredible blessing uh, to us. So thank you guys. We uh, we really value and appreciate that. Um, we're starting a series tonight called uh, "Going Deeper with God and Man." Yeah, going deeper with God and man. And as I started looking at this and thinking about this, even uh, this afternoon as I was kind of looking over some of my notes, and um, as I began to think about this whole idea of going deeper with God, and it it kind of, I don't know why, it just kind of, just kind of the thought hit me or it it, it dawned on me that not only is is it a command for us to go deeper with God, but it's an invitation for us to go deeper with God. Does that make sense? It's, it's not, um, it's not, it's, we're not just in the Word of God. We're not just commanded to spend time and to come into the presence of the Lord and to, to go deeper and to dig deeper into His Word and dig deeper into who He is and to search out who He is. We're not, we're not just told to do that, but part of that telling is, is an invitation. And it's, it's, it's in that invitation to me, uh, I, I don't know, maybe it's the way uh, I'm wired, or maybe I think we're kind of all wired uh, this a little bit. When we're commanded to do something, uh, we do it, sometimes reluctantly, but we do it. But when it's, there's an invitation to do it, it's like there's something in you that goes, yeah, I want, I want that. And so when you think about this, that God, um, you know, God, uh, this, this big God in heaven, this creator, of the earth, creator of the universe, creator of, of everything around. He, I mean, it's just crazy when you think about it, that He, God, issues us, people, human, He issues us an invitation to come deeper with Him. I mean, that that to me just kind of like, really? I mean, really, God? 
God, God's, I mean, God delights in that. God in, invites me to just come before Him. He gives me an invitation to come up to Him and, and, and to spend time with Him, to, to go deeper into His Word, to go deeper into Him, to, to dig deeper into our relationship. That God, He, He, He delights in that and He invites me to, that I get to do that. It's not, it's, you understand what I'm saying? It's not something I have to do. It's something I get to do. I'm invited to do it. He, he, and, and if you really dig into the word, God longs for us to do it. I mean, it's, 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 in fact, as it says, the scripture says he, he takes pleasure in that. He delights in us coming before him. He takes pleasure in it. There's some scriptures I've been reading this incredible book. I include, encourage you to get it called The Singing God. There's a, it's God, it's, the scripture talks about how God sings over us. I mean, that just, doesn't that, I mean, doesn't that just blow your mind that God takes that much delight in us that He sings about us? He sings over us and He's excited about us and He's thrilled over us. I mean, that's so foreign to, to what I used to understand Christianity to be. I mean, that's just foreign to what my understanding of, of Scripture was. And my understanding was that, that God just really didn't even like us. I mean, literally. I mean, that's that's the way I was. Un- that's the way I was taught. Is they, you know, he just kind of put up with us because Jesus liked us. I'm seriously. That's that's what my understanding of Scripture was. Jesus loved us. He died for us. And I know, you know, God sent His Son to die for us. But you know, the Father just kind of he liked us because he liked His Son, and we and His Son were buddies, so he kind of put up with us. That was my impression of who God was. And as I begin to understand that, that, that God, who is Jesus, right? I mean, it says He's the exact representation of the Father. So if Jesus likes us, guess who else likes us? Right? I mean, if Jesus loves us, then the Father loves us. If Jesus did all these things for us, it was the Father that was doing those things for us. So He, it's an, what I want you, I want you to get that it's an invitation for us to come and to go deeper with God. In fact, this, He's the one that made it possible for us to go deeper with Him. I mean, if, if, if he hadn't done what we what he did, we couldn't go deeper with him. He's the one that opened the door. He's the one that that made the even the possibility for you and I to come before him and to get it. I mean, do you know without Jesus, if we tried to get before God, what would happen to us? It's called zap. <laughs> I mean, in the Old Testament, that's what the 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 the. Levites, the, the head Levite, when he went once a year, they tied a rope to his leg in case while he was in there he got zapped, they could pull him out. But Jesus came and dealt with that issue. He dealt with the sin problem. He dealt with that for this, for one of the main reasons is because God the Father wanted to have a relationship with his kids. The only way he could have a relationship with his kids is deal with the sin problem. Jesus dealt with the sin problem so you and I could now come to the Father. That's what Hebrews is all about. And so it's a, it's this invitation to come. And, and the Father said, look, I'm even making a way for it. I'm making the possibility. In fact, this, I, you know what? When you do that and you exercise faith, I'll even reward you for that. And then there's a passage somewhere in Hebrews where it says what? 
Something along the lines of without faith, it's hard to please Him. Right? Wrong. (laughs) Without faith, it's what? It's impossible to please Him. It's not just hard, it's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. But look what it goes on and says, For who comes to God must believe He is, and that He is a what? Rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Those who go after Him. In other words, what God is saying, listen, if you operate in faith and you come after Me and you diligently seek Me, I will reward you. You know what He rewards us with? Himself. (laughs) He rewards us with Himself. We get to hang out with God. We get to enter into His presence. We get to be His friend. I mean, some of those things ought to just kind of blow our minds. You and I get to be a friend of God. I mean, you know, when you say that real quick, that just sounds okay. Cool. We get to be a friend of God. But if you think about it, if you're, you're a friend of God, God, we get to be His friend. We get to hang out with Him. So there's this invitation to come and to go deeper with Him. Now, there's this time as Jesus is here on planet Earth and He's come and He's He's going and He's teaching and He's doing, uh, you know, healing folks and He's He's showing that His kingdom is coming and He even declares that His kingdom is coming. There and He, you know, He messes with the Pharisees a lot. Did y'all ever notice that? Jesus messes with the Pharisees a lot. I mean, I, sometimes I think He purposely waited on the to the Sabbath to go heal somebody just to mess with the Pharisees. I mean, read the book. And so this Pharisee, in fact, in this particular passage in Matthew, it says this Pharisee is actually a, a, um, uh, an expert in the law. Okay, so this expert in the law. Now put yourself there. When you think of an expert in the law, what do you think of? A, a what? A, a, a lawyer, somebody that knows it. And you know what? My experience has been most people that are experts in the law, you know what, what happens to them most of the time? They become real picky. <laughs> and they narrow in and they find these little, these little things in the law. And, and so if you get, if you remember when Jesus was here, these experts in the law, these Pharisees, they didn't really like Jesus. You know why? Because he broke their traditions. He broke what they thought was the law. He, he purposely would break it. And so they didn't really like him. So this expert in the law, this Pharisee, comes to Jesus and he asks Jesus this question. He says, what's the greatest commandment? He asks Jesus, what, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Now, again, put yourself there. This guy has an agenda. Guess what his agenda is? This Pharisee, what's his agenda? He wants to what? He wants to trip him up. He, he came even, the scripture says in that particular verse, he's coming to test him, to trip Jesus up. In other words, it's like this. The Pharisees looked at Jesus as a lawbreaker. Right? They looked at him as a lawbreaker. He hung out with sinners, tax collectors. He hung out with those kind of people. He was a lawbreaker. And so this law keeper he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what's the greatest, what, commandment? Now, guess what he's trying to do? He's trying to catch Jesus in what? And In their mind, if Jesus doesn't keep the commandments, basically what this lawyer said, even, here's, here's the implication. Even though you don't really keep the commandments, what's the greatest one? 
What's, what's the greatest one that you're really not even keeping? That's, that's the implication. That's what he's trying to say. What's, what's the greatest commandment, Jesus, that you probably don't even keep, but what's the greatest one? Now, what do you think he was wanting? He was wanting some kind of commandment that was a what? It was a like, don't do this commandment. Right? He was, he was wanting from Jesus. Well, you know, if you don't do this and you don't do that and you stop doing this and you do this, then you'll, then you'll be okay. Then you'll make your way in. Then, then you'll be righteous. Then, then you can do these things. And so his whole thing was, he was wanting from Jesus some kind of commandment that was going to be, you know, stop doing this. You know what Jesus says to him? Here's the greatest commandment. What is it? Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is what? The first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. What's the second one? Love your neighbor as yourself. Look what he says. And all the law and the prophets hang on these what? Two commandments. They're after rules and regulations. This expert in the law, he wants some another rule. He wants to know what's the biggest, baddest rule out there. You know what Jesus answers him with? Love. Jesus answers him with the relationship. Jesus says, here's, here's the key, guys. You want to know what the key is? You want to know what all the law is about? You want to know what all the prophets hang on? Here it is. Love God. Love your neighbor. See, I like that. I like, you know why? It's just simple. You don't have to have memorized 999 point whatever of these. And it's just, it, it boils down to this. Love God with everything in you and love your neighbor. And you'll take care of everything else. Don't you just like that simplicity? Don't you wish IRS system was like that? Just simple. Love God. Jesus says, listen, guys, it's not about, it's not about rules and regulations. It's about relationship. It's about, it's about this, this relationship that, that, that you can have with dad, with, with the father. You can, you can love him with everything in you and you can love your neighbors. So that's what he's saying to him. It's, 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 it's all about relationship and all these other things. They, they hang on to that. They're fulfilled in doing these things. And the interesting to me is this. If you read the Gospels, would you say that's probably the primary message of Jesus? Love God and love your neighbor. That's, that's a primary teaching. Love God, love your neighbor. In fact, in fact, as Jesus says, it doesn't even really matter what neighbor it is. That's kind of new to them because they had laborers they didn't like. Didn't they? They didn't like the Samaritans. They didn't like that group of people. They were, they were half-breeds. They were this. They were that. Jesus says, love them all. In fact, when you really get down to it, here's one I really like. Love your enemies. Don't you just love that one? Love your, love the people that don't even like you. Really? Love your enemies. Jesus just pulls it right down. He says, this is what, this is it. This is, this is what it's about. It's loving God. It's loving your neighbors. And it's interesting to me 
that not even a century goes by. Okay, this is the brand. Jesus is starting what? The church. The church is getting kicked off. The book of Acts is coming. The Holy Spirit's coming. And the church is kicking in. And the body of Christ is coming together. And they're preaching the message of Jesus. And they're preaching about loving each other and loving God and going deeper with God. You can read all through the New Testament. It says that over and over and over again of doing these things. And it's interesting to me that not even a really... I believe it's about 70 years, but less than 100 years has gone by. And Jesus in the book of Revelation makes this statement. He says this to him. He says, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. I mean, doesn't that, shouldn't that strike us? It's like that's the primary message of Jesus. That's his main focus. And, and the church is just in its infancy and it's coming together. And, and there's all this stuff about love and caring for each other and being with one another and encouraging one another and, and doing all these things. And yet Jesus, not even a century later, saying, guys, in fact, this is in that passage, you'll see where he says to them, if you go back and read it, you've done this and you've done this and you've done this and you've done this. And I'm excited that you've done this. But you know what? You forgot the most important thing you left loving. <laughs> and that's the, that's the invitation. That's the call that God has on us is to dig into Him. That's what, when I talk about going deeper with God, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean in the sense of, 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 of going deeper. It means to dig in. Let, let your roots just sprout out and dig into God. But even, like I say, less than a hundred years later, they've drifted. And see, here's the thing that we got to be careful of. Left on our own, in our own natural strength and our own natural desires, we will every time drift toward law instead of love. Every time. That ought to be a, like a, 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 a caution flag for us, shouldn't it? I mean, we're, we're gonna drift that way. Just listen to the, look at the church. Just listen to some of the stuff that's out there. And it's, it's so much about, you know, you gotta do this and do this and keep this and fix this and solve this. And, and yeah, those are things we need to look at. But you know, if you're doing it based on loving God, it's different than doing it based on me trying to earn something from God. That's the difference. And if I'm so focused, I, I, I love this. My my buddy Barton is a was a golf pro. Are you still a golf pro? You were you were a golf pro. He used to be a golf pro till he tried to teach me, and then he gave it up. <laughs> he says I was a bad student. I blame the teacher. Um. Anyway, tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong on this ex golf pro. Tell me if I'm wrong. If I'm standing on the tee box and I'm getting ready to hit the ball. And there's a water hazard over there. If I stand up there to hit this ball, and the only thing on my mind is, don't hit the water. Don't hit it in the water. Don't, don't hit it in the water. Guess what I'm going to do? What was that? Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to hit the water. If I'm so focused on don't sin, don't do this, don't do that, whatever you do, don't do this, guess what I'm probably going to do? Because that's what I'm focused on. If I'm focused on God, if I'm focused on Jesus, if I'm focused on, you know what? He took care of all that sin. He wiped it away. He washed it away. He cleansed it from me. He separated it from me as far as the east is from the west. It's done with, dealt with. Now I can just focus on Jesus. 
Now I can focus on him. I can focus on how much he loves me. I can focus on how much he cares for me. I can just, I can just sit and do what we did a minute ago in worship. I can just sit there and just be enveloped by the love of God. Him just, him just pour it out. We cry out, pour it out, God. You know what God wants to do when we cry out, pour it out? He wants to pour it out. This is, I'm telling you, I'm deep. This is deep stuff. I mean, I, I just love that. It's like, go to Him. Let your roots, back in Colossians, I'm going to read this verse, and I've got to move forward or I'll be accused of preaching too long. Colossians 2, 6-7, through 7, that's an inside joke. <laughs> Colossians 2, 6-7 through 7 says this, And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Look what it says in verse 7. Let your roots grow where? Down. Is it up there? Keep going. Change, there you go. Let your roots grow where? Down into Him and let Him build you up on a firm foundation for strong, be strong in the faith just as you were taught and always spill over with thankfulness. That was, I was reading out of voice. You probably got the NLT up there. Let me read that one first. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thanksgiving, thankfulness. Paul is saying this, let your roots grow deep. Let them go down into Him. Let them dig into Him. Let them, let them be nourished by Him. Get your, get filled with Him. Does that make sense? In other words, if I'm a, if, if I'm a fruit tree, <laughs> no comments. <laughs> if I'm a fruit tree and my roots dig deep and they go in and they get nourishment and they get water, guess what's going to happen to me as a fruit tree? What's going to pop out? Fruit. If I'm digging down into God and I'm being filled with the Holy Spirit and I'm being nourished and He's pouring out His love on me, guess what's going to happen to me? Guess what's going to come out? Fruit. I'm telling you, it's deep tonight. You got to pay attention. Fruit's going to come out. Here's the, here's the thing. Does a, does an apple tree have to work hard at producing apples? No, they just, they just come. If everything else is taken care of, if they're getting water and they're getting food, they're being nourished, guess what an apple tree is going to produce? Apples. They don't have to strain. It doesn't have to groan. It doesn't have to grunt. It doesn't have to, it just produces what it is. If I'm full of Jesus, I'm full of the Holy Spirit, He's come on me, He's filled me up, and I'm resting in Him and I'm going deep into Him, guess what the fruit's going to be in my life? Him, Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, righteousness, all those things. That's that's what's going to come out of me. Why? Because I'm hanging out with Him. That's going to come out of me. I don't have to try and, and make something happen. I don't have to force myself. Okay, you got to be good today. you got to be this today. you got to make yourself do this. How many of you tried that? <laughs> Does it work? No. Why? Because we can't do it in our own strength. But when I'm full of Jesus and I'm full of Spirit, those things just start coming out of me. All of a sudden I go, wow, I was, I was kind when that person did that to me. Actually, kindness came out. That, it, sometimes it'll even catch you by surprise. 
You ever done that? <laughs> Every now and then it happens with me. Going deeper with God. What does it mean to go deeper with Him? It's the idea of digging into who He is, to, to searching out this, un, this big God, to searching out His unsearchableness, if that's a word, to, to just, to just plug in, to go after everything He is, to learn of Him, to receive of Him, to, to, to be fed by Him. And, and, you know, I've been a Christian for 40, 42 years. I've known, I've walked with Jesus for 42 years. I was saved when I was three. And, uh, <laughs> 42 years, okay? And listen, I want to tell you something. If there's anything I've learned in 42 years of walking with God, this is it. You're never going to exhaust who He is. Never. 42 years. I've been going after the Lord. Most of those 42 years hard, faithfully. And, and if anything, if anything I've learned after 42 years, I don't know anything. <laughs> Isn't that right, Ron? <laughs> now, he's not agreeing that I don't know anything. <laughs> Maybe we need to clarify that, right? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I can remember, I got saved at 22. I can remember as a 25-year-old, I knew everything there was to know about Jesus. I knew it all. About 35, I thought, well, I still know something. 45, I knew a little bit less. By 64, I'm not real sure if I know anything (laughs) other than I'm not going to exhaust who he is. I can dig in and I can dig in, and I can go after Him, and I can experience, and I can receive, and I can do it the next day, and I can do it the next day, and I can do it the next day, and I can do it the next day. And I'm not. And I don't think this side of heaven, I'm going to exhaust who He is. And I even believe after this, after heaven, I'll not exhaust who He is. I don't know if I can prove that biblically, but I, I, I believe the rest of eternity will be learning about God. We'll be, we'll be experiencing who He is. We'll be growing in our understanding of His riches, His unsearchable riches. That's what the Bible calls them. I mean, he, he, He's incredible. And He's encouraged us and asked us, go after me, dig in, go after it. If he, here, here's the cool thing. If He's the one encouraging us to do it, guess what happens when we do it? He meets us. We don't, we don't, it's not like we have to force God's hand into doing anything. God is just there waiting. God is just saying, come, come to me (laughs) with open arms, come. And when we come, he just meets us. And I'm telling you, it's awesome. It's, it's incredible. It's powerful to just spend time in the arms of God and just be wrapped in Him and be loved on by Him and experience His presence and His fellowship and, and His hugs and His love and His kisses and, and His voice. I mean, it's just, we, we get to do that. Amen, Bob. Man, that is good. <laughs> we get to do that. And here's the second part of that. And I hinted on this just a little bit. Here's the second part of it. 
when God encourages you to come to Him, to dig into Him, you don't have to be fearful about what you're going to find. I'm serious. I, I just shared a little bit about that. I, at one point in my life as a Christian, I was to some degree fearful that if I stood before God, He was, he was going to be pissed at me. Because I'm pretty sure I did something wrong. I'm pretty sure you did too. Now my understanding is this. When I come to God, you know what I'm going to find? I'm going to find a loving dad with his arms wide open saying, come sit in my lap. He's not going to beat me up. He's not going to judge me. He's not going to criticize me. He's, he's not going to tell me what a sorry whatever I did last week or yesterday or three seconds ago. He's just going to welcome. Say, come on, Bob. Let's hang out. Let's spend some time together. Fill my embrace. Fill my, fill my love. Fill my warmth. Fill my encouragement. I love you. <laughs> I love you. That's what he's, that's what he's going to say. I'll, I'll, I'll guarantee, I will guarantee it. Or you get double your money back. <laughs> you get before God, he's going to tell you, I love you. I love you. I, I know you may have messed up, but that don't change my love. That doesn't change how I feel about you. That doesn't change how much I care for you. That doesn't, that doesn't change how much I want to spend time with you. I love you. You're mine. You're special. Special in a good way. <laughs> You're mine. We don't have to be fearful. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen. Remember the prodigal son? Remember him? I mean, he basically told his dad, I, I wish you were dead. Give me my money. That's what he told him. I wish you were dead. I want my money. Dad gave him his money. He left. Blew it. Messed around. Got rid of it. What do, what do you think he was expecting when he got back? He was expecting his dad to what? To get all over him. I'll guarantee you his expectation was, in fact, he was just coming hoping to be made a what? A slave. He was just hoping he could just be his dad's slave. That was what he was, that was his expectation. I'll guarantee you, in his mind, he was expecting his dad to be pissed, to be mad, to be angry. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you wish this on me. I'm going to, I'll let you have a place, but it's in the barn. You're going to be a slave. That's what his expectation was. And what he got was what? Open arms. Come on. A dad, a dad keeping an eye out, waiting for him to come, longing for him to come, hoping, hoping he'd come, hoping he'd come back and met him with, with the best robe and the shoes and the sandals and, and a ring that indicated his sonship, indicated who he was as a son, not as a slave. You're my son. That's what he got met with. That's what we get met with is, is dad, is God. Wow. I'm going to skip ahead. 25 years after Paul, the Apostle Paul, was a believer, he makes basically this statement. He says that in Philippians, I have yet to attain knowing Christ as all, but we pressed onward toward the goal. Paul pressed toward this goal of knowing him, of knowing God, of knowing Dad. 
And Ephesians 1, he, he praises prayer, Paul does, to, for the church of Ephesus. He says this, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith and the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What's he praying for church, Ephesus? What? And for us. A spirit of Wisdom and revelation. Why do you need wisdom and revelation? Because you're not going to get it without it. (laughs) You won't grasp this. And the prayer for wisdom and revelation is for what? So that you may know Him better. That's the prayer. That's that's the Apostles Paul for the church. That's not just the church of us, but for us. He's That's his prayer for us. That's my prayer for you and for me. That ought to be our prayer for each other. In fact, if you ever just run out of something to pray for, just pray that for me. <laughs> I'll take it. So we all know him better. I, don't you? Don't you? Don't you just want to know him better? Don't you want to know more about who he is, experiencing that? You know what it takes? A spirit of wisdom and revelation to come and open our brains and our heart and our mind and our spirit to open it up so we can even grasp, we can even come close to getting a glimpse of who God is and how much he cares for us and how much he loves us. I'm telling you, I am just, the more I study it, the more I read, the more I dig in, the more I'm blown away by the, by the love of God for us. I'm serious. It just, it just, it, it just, it amazes me. It's, it's not, it's not based on anything that you and I do. It's based on Him. Isn't that incredible? You know what we have to do? Receive it. <laughs> Just receive it. Just by faith, receive. Just receive. God, I want it. I want more. Dad, I want to know you. I want it. I just, Dad, I want to know you. I want to, I want to know you. And when that's your prayer, when you come to God and you say, Dad, I just, Man, I need you. I want more of you. I want to, I want to know you in the fullness of who you are. I want to, I want to not just have this up here. I don't want to just bunch of head knowledge about you. I want to experience you. I want to, that's what know means there. It's an experiential kind of knowledge. It's, it's knowing and you're knower <laughs> who God is. Isn't that sweet? And you can't, you can't exhaust it. <laughs> you can't get too much. You can't, you, in other words, you're, you're not going to go to God and God's just going to just overwhelm you with who he is. And then the next morning get up and go, okay, God, I want some more. And he's going to say, nope, you've had enough for one week. You, you've tapped me out for this week. He's not going to say that. He's going to say, yeah, come on, come on. I got plenty. <laughs> I got a bunch more. I got plenty to give. I, I'm pretty, I, I'm giving you me and I'm big. There's a bunch of me. And that's good. Doesn't that make you want to just push in to the Lord? Go deeper. God, I want more. I'm, I'm telling you, 42 years of going after Jesus, I want more. I do. I've had times where it's been incredible. 
I, I've had times of ministry where I just, I, I can remember one time at a conference where God just came on me and it, it felt like one of those DL movie times. I don't know if you ever read about him or he makes this statement. He said, he just, if he got to give it him any more, it killed him. I, I remember laying down, just finally just saying, God, I, I don't think I can take anymore. Just wailing, just crying, just not going everywhere. And just one of those fun times. Don't you like those times? Just embarrass the heck out of yourself. <laughs> Aren't those fun? I mean, really. I know they're, sometimes they're embarrassing, but it's fun. It's good to just, you know, let a little snot go every now and then. <laughs> good picture, isn't it? Let's stand up. Josh, come on up if you would, please, sir. Here's a promise we have in Jeremiah. This is from the message. It says this, When you come looking for me, you'll find me. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and you want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. I'll turn things around for you. Isn't that awesome? That's, that's, that's a promise from God. He says to us, if you come looking for me, you'll find me. Isn't that cool? You don't have to you don't have to twist God's arm. <laughs> you don't you don't have to try and grunt and groan <laughs> to make something happen. You just come. God, I want you. And he says he'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Father, thank you that we can that we can come. Lord, thank you that you made a way that you provided the the way for us to come before you. Father, thank you that you give promises that if we seek you, that we will find you. Father, thank you that you are a loving dad, a loving father that, that, that just is always in love with us, that always cares for us, that always uh, wants to meet us, that wants to just hang out with us, that wants to spend time with us, that wants to just love on us and pour out our, your love. And so, Father, we just, we receive from you. Dad, tonight we just receive from you we receive in a fresh way from you i just want to encourage you guys just to, as 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 josh and the team are playing and uh, as we sing this song i want to just encourage you just maybe not even sing yourself but just just rest just just be there before god maybe even assume what we call the vineyard position of just putting your hands out in a receptive mode and say god i just i want you tonight i want to i want to feel your embrace and we're, we're going to spend some time just to press it into the Lord and then we'll, we'll see what God wants to do you've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church for more information on teachings and special events please visit us online at www.vcjax.org that's vcjax.org